Welcome back to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast, a show all about inspiring smart, busy women to put their happiness at the top of their to-do list. Join your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, as she chats with amazing women who have figured out how to make their happiness a priority, and more importantly, what it's really like to go from hot mess to awesomeness. And now, on with the show. to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast. I am your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, and that dance party was dynamite. Let me tell you, I am sweaty and I feel fabulous and I'm so, so excited to have my amazing friend and guest, Courtney McLeod, with us today. Um, Courtney is like my go-to fun expert. I, I got to tell you, I don't think I've ever met anybody like you who got all my brand of crazy and then took it up 10 notches. And I I absolutely just love, love the energy that you put out and, and being around you. And, And even sometimes I've noticed the past couple of months, I've been thinking, what would Courtney do? Because, you know, we are in this scenario where every day is like Groundhog Day. Everything seems to feel very blah, blah, blah a lot of the time. I'm like, how do I inject some fucking fun into my life? Because clearly I don't know how to do that. So what would Courtney do? And I, I want to say I've done some fun stuff, like still my level. I, I wouldn't say it's Courtney level, um, but like, you know, lay person fun and it's been fabulous. So I'm really excited to have the chance to chat with you today about your hot mess to awesomeness journey. Cause you are truly awesome and someone I feel really connected to. So Thank you, Courtney, for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. And I have to say, I love your brand of all of you. And (laughs) yes, the conversations that we had, I don't often uh, get met with someone who who gets it and like I say something and then they build on it. I'm like, that's amazing. And like, so I always enjoy, so enjoy talking to you. Um, Just a testament to that, before we hit record, and we won't go into it because it was pretty, it was something, but we... We came up with a really, really awesome idea, maybe for one of your next gatherings to add into. Um, and like, I'm just gonna t- say what the title, it would be called Dump or Um. That's all we're gonna say. And um, I think it's gonna be something really special. I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Um, so if you don't know Courtney, um, then then let's fix that. So. Courtney is a certified life and leadership coach and an award-winning speaker. She is passionate about helping women create lives that they are excited about through one-on-one coaching, group coaching programs, workshops, and events, which I love. Uh, One of her superpowers, which I get to be um, sort of the recipient of, is getting people to do fun things they never thought possible through the power of play and fun. So she is the founder of an amazing group of women called the Kick-Ass Ladies, which brings amazing women together to connect, grow, support one another, and have crazy fun adventures. Yes, fucking please. So welcome, Courtney McLeod, to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast. Ah. Now, Courtney, we, uh, shit, I, I met you years ago, and I got the chance to visit you in your home as you host um, uh, a woman's group, storytelling group called that's what she said. And it is fucking phenomenal. It changed my life and it changed the, the trajectory of my business. Um, and it really opened my eyes to the power of that 
um, circle community because prior to that, my vision of women's circles, very, very naive, very sort of non-woo-woo was that's where they do that weird woo-woo shit. Right? <laughs> like circles are where women come together and they sacrifice children. I don't know what else they do, but I, I had this vision that that's what would happen. And and I had also been to sort of the opposite of that, which was like networking groups and business meetings of women coming together. And those were, those are great. But then attending your gathering at your home, it had the most spectacular feel while still feeling like, yeah, okay, I got my shit together. I'm meeting new people. It's a networking opportunity, but in a whole other fucking way. And I, my friend, uh, Leanne, and I were at your home and I turned to her, I'm like, oh my God, we need this in our lives. And you live very far from me from a, you know, go pop into your house sort of standpoint. And so we ended up creating a something that had that feeling because it was just so powerful. And so for us, Wise Women Say was born. And, um, and I feel extremely grateful for this opportunity to have witnessed what you can create. And then now, thank you, COVID, I can come and attend all your gatherings because I don't have to <laughs> travel three hours to get to you. Um, I, I remember in that one of those early meetings that when we had, um, when I had met you and learned more about you, I'd learned that your awesome flair, the fun expert, the play first mindset wasn't always how you operated that you, like many of us, were stuck inside some significant shoulds and, you know, checklist life or whatever you want to call it. And yet you found your way. So I'm very interested to hear about your journey and what brought you to this place of being the fucking superstar that I know and love. Well, and thank you so much for having me. Uh, this, it's such an honor to, to be here with you. Uh, and, and, I, and I love the whole concept around talking about the mess instead of making everything always look perfect. And no, let's like look under the bed and see all the dust and all the stuff. So I, I absolutely love what you're doing. Uh, yeah, th my my journey um, from the, the, the mess of it, uh, I guess really started in 2009. So ar around that time, tons of change happening in my life. I had a one-year-old who was going to daycare for the first time. We had just moved into a new house, so trying to get that settled. Um, and, and why not add to that? So then I had gotten a new job. So the learning curve, you know, of those first three months of really trying to get a handle of that and everything else. And so a few months into this new job, uh, my world got rocked in a way I could never have anticipated that young. Uh, I, I got a call and my mom told me that she had terminal cancer. And why that was so devastating is uh, my parents are divorced. Um, so from a young age, it was, it was always just my mom and I. She was my special person. She was my role model, my best friend, but also the person that could call me out on my shit. She could call me out and I'd be like, angry about it, but be like, oh, she's right. She's right. Uh, and, and so just the thought of losing my person was just surreal. Like I couldn't, you know, it was hard to believe that this was even happening. So 
I was living in Toronto. She was in London. I was driving back and forth two hours to see her every chance that I got until I took a leave of absence from work to be with her. And on December 12th, 2009, I sat on her bed and I held her hand and I ran my fingers through what hair she had left until she took her last breath. And even though I knew it was coming, I, it's never, it's never easy and I wasn't ready for it. But that, in her passing, it totally was the catalyst that put me on a completely different path. Uh, I just started thinking, wow, life is precious. It is short. Uh, it is too short to not have fun every day and to, to not feel fulfilled. And, and so I really started to think about what do you really want? What do you really want to do? And part of me felt like I needed to make something positive come out of the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. And I'm telling you, I had days where I had, um, I don't know how I got pregnant during that time, but I did. And so my mom died in December. Taylor was born in, in um, May. We were hoping she was going to get to see her, but she didn't get to meet her. So we gave Taylor my mom's middle name, which is Elsie, which is a really unique name. And I'm telling you, if I didn't have those kids, um, it would have been really hard. I had to get out of bed. I didn't want to, but I did, I did for them. And so I did, I got out of bed and, and I just decided, you know, I need something to come from this. So I decided to completely switch gears. I went back to school as a mature student in my thirties with two young kids. I did not get like, I, I, you know, you were talking about my funness. It did not clearly come through at school because I did not get invited to as many keg parties as I did my first time around. It was very disappointing. <laughs> And uh, I was able to do a four-year degree in two years. And, but through, the, I loved it. I loved psychology. I loved learning about it because I thought maybe I'd become a grief counselor and help people with their pain and their grief. And as I went through the process, I was like, ooh, that's not my space. Uh, and at the same time, my husband was going through coaching training with the Coaches Training Institute. And he's like, I think you should try this. Whether you decide to coach or not, just for the personal development. And I did, and it helped change my life yeah holy moly um and and i knew and it's still it's it's such a powerful experience and i think most of us can relate in some way or another because of course cancer touches every person's life um and so thank you for sharing that and my i can appreciate the little people in your world and how um, they kind of like saved you in it, like they got you out of bed in those moments that you didn't want to. And I'm, I'm curious as to what, I mean, again, cause you hadn't done the coaching training yet and you had, yes, you were taking, you went back to school to take psychology, which I'm guarantee you learned a ton. Um, but what is it that kept you moving forward? Did was there, I mean, obviously the children and that's a thing, but what kept you moving forward and to make that decision of like, I'm going to fucking go to school now and change my life completely. So was there practices, was there mindset work, like, or even just like, okay, I'm going to read this little mantra on a post-it every single day. Like, what is it that you turn to in those moments to keep you moving forward? 
think it was just, like I said, of getting clearer on what do I want for myself and this fulfillment piece. And after thinking about it and thinking, I would like to work with people that would be more for, and working with them in a way that could help transform their lives. To me, that was motivating. It was exciting. And so then to attach a goal to that, I was able to, I was motivated to get up every day and think about what I was trying to accomplish. So I was going to school and I was learning as much as I could. So it evolved into to where I am now, but it was just having the goal and then how do I move forward each and every, taking it day by day and how, what can I do today that's going to help move me towards uh, that bigger goal, which in a sense, uh, you know, was designed to, to make a bigger vision come to life. So brilliant. I, I think for many of us, me included, and many of the women that I work with, and possibly the women listening to this podcast right now, when we look ahead to something big, it can be really daunting, especially those massive shifts that are full of uncertainty and the big demon of the unknown. And um, I think you, for me, you highlighted a really, really important piece, which is just kind of like look down at your feet, like focus on what you're doing. Like there it is. And then what am I going to do today in this mo- this five minutes? What am I going to do now? And ha- like, that's what I want. So what do I want to do now? Right? Like, and it seems simple yet for those of us who are so used to living either completely in the future or completely in the past or some combination thereof and missing them the now altogether, it's such a powerful tool. So thank you for sharing that. And so, okay, so you got the psychology degree. Cool. You tapped into some coaching training and opportunities. Fantastic. What happened for you next? Because I still haven't heard where the fun came in. So yeah, so the fun and the fun piece. Yes, the fun piece was living. So I and not this, this is the best way necessarily. And after, you know, you know, do you know, how you know, the things, but you, it's sometimes easier to tell other people than to necessarily do for yourself. So while I was going through that grieving period, you should talk to people. Like it's good to talk to people. It's good to not close yourself off. And what did I do? I closed myself off. Like I could feel the putting, throwing everything into school and, and um, putting my mind on that allowed me to focus on that and not focus on the pain of the loss. Uh, So I was pretty much studying all the time other than seeing my two daughters and my husband. I didn't really see friends uh, because I'm like, what if they ask me about how I'm doing, how my mom is? And then I talk about it and then it just becomes, it makes it more real. And I didn't want it to be real, but not a great strategy. So two years went on like this of, of, not connecting with people, not laughing, not living life the way I wanted to and the way that my mom would want me to. She would have been like, come on, like, (laughs) do something fun. Um, So, and again, I use this analogy of, I felt like a bear, an angry bear that was sleeping for two years in hibernation. And finally I woke up and I was ready to start living again. So I came out of the like cave, like ah, angry, <laughs> like who wants to play with me? And because I'm quirky and, and uh, my first thought was, I'm going to go to circus school. And yes. I, like, yeah. 
<laughs> I know not like not everyone's first thought, but that was my first thought. I'm like, I'm gonna go to circus school. I'm gonna try something different and new that I've never tried. And I'm gonna invite the most amazing women that I know to join me. And like you were talking about from the beginning, the the cool power of female community uh, is so palpable and, and amazing. And and we did. And and when we had that experience, other people were talking about their coming out of their hibernations. Uh, so whether it was working too much or whatever, it, not taking time for themselves and living for others, like whatever it was, we just realized that we needed to continue these adventures because when we try new things, so many cool possibilities open up for us. And that was the when the Kick-Ass Ladies was born and I made a commitment to continue these adventures. And I've been doing this now for over seven years and we have done some very cool things <laughs> over the years. And because and, I needed the fun, I yeah. needed the fun. I think, and you're right, um, we all need the fun. And having been someone who very much is very familiar with that hibernation, I, for me, my analogy, you, you had a bear, I was like trapped in a cinder block room with no windows. And mm -hmm. then, and then, like I, there was like a crack and then a, and then a hole and then a, a Kool-Aid man <laughs> washed through the wall. Right. So, so, and I was like, what? I, my life needs to be different. I need to be happy. What the fuck? Okay. So I get it with you ish bear Kool-Aid man. Very similar. Well, no, uh, I, I, I love the Kool-Aid and only people our age, I think, will recognize that analogy because I don't know if he's even a thing anymore. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, can, I know the impact that that would have had on the communities that you were gathering, the circles of women and each individual woman being able to, for even for a moment, put themselves first and, and prioritize their joy. Holy shit, that, that's massive. What kind of, what are the impacts or the ripple effects that you saw in your own personal world as a result of making these shifts sort of within, but outwardly? And, and I know there's reciprocity in those relationships with those women. So what would have been, what's the impact on you personally? Wow, that's a powerful question. I love that. I mean, my heart just gets so full when I am at these events or just hearing the impact um, that I, or even that I'm witnessing of, of people of, of saying like, I want to buy, I've had people say to me, um, uh, one woman at an ax throwing or no, it was knife throwing, a knife throwing event. She said, I just want to bottle up this energy that I feel from everyone. Everyone is so encouraging and supportive and it's fun and, I, and there's laughter everywhere. I wanna bottle up this feeling and to be able to unleash it on a crappy day. Uh, and I've had another woman who we did uh, the flying trapeze and it is 30 feet high and you have to crawl or you have to climb up this skinny, rickety, shaky ladder. And that part is, just as terrifying as having to jump off that platform. And a friend of mine was scared. She's like, I so want to do this, but I don't know if I can. And I could see the desire. She had told her family, she has four kids and her husband, she told them that she was coming to do it. And we had three attempts. So I'm like, go get up. So she goes up halfway the first time, comes down, 
and feels so defeated. And so we talk on the second time, she makes it a quarter of the way up. Like you've almost got, and she came down. And then on the third attempt, we are all like everyone, we're like, you've got this. <laughs> and before she went up, I just said, you know, if you, you're gonna do this, and what would it mean for you to swing, in, to fly through the air? And she just said, my, if I do this and I'm afraid, it's the role model I'm gonna be for my kids when they're afraid to just take the leap. And I almost wanted to be like the sports coach that slaps the bomb and is like, well then get in there. <laughs> um, but sure enough, she climbed up to the top and like, just the like so excited for her and I'm filming it um, and she she did she flew through the air now she didn't do any of the necessary tricks that we were taught that was building but she didn't care that didn't matter she did it and then she had that on film and she could go home and she's ha always will have that video to like when she is having a day where she's like I don't know if I can do this if you can do this you can do anything. So I get very fired up, but that's, and I've had those experience through the activities too. Um, but yeah, it really, that's what fuels me and fills my heart. I am so, I can feel that. And when you said, um, for the woman who had said, you know, I want to bottle this up. My first image was like, okay, now Courtney's giving out bottles at every session because you need to walk home with your bottle full of energy. And there you are. And I, I would, carry that bottle around and I would open it and sniff the magical air whenever I needed it. Um, yeah, fill your bottle. <laughs> oh, that's a thing. Uh, that's happening. <laughs> we will. Yes, that's happening. So you have two, two children, yep. correct? And um, as you had said, they were very young um, when the early parts of your transformation had occurred. What do you believe has been the most significant impact on you as a mom as a result of having made these, these massive um, shifts into, again, fucking awesomeness? The, the impact, and I, and, I, and I love this, they, are, they help fuel me and motivate me because I always, they're always watching. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm afraid to do things myself, I think what it just like the woman who climbed that like finally did it. I'm like, well, how do I, when they're up against things that terrify them or scare them, or they don't know if they can do them, what do I want them to do? I want them to go for it. I want them to, to swing for the fence. And so it inspires me to also, um, and, and I think we, we were talking about this before about it inspires me to just embrace who I am. And so fully unleash the fun. And once I got clear on that fun is a super important value to me uh, and, and my expression of that is, is to just be authentically me. And in a lot of cases that can be, it can look weird. It can look strange to people, <laughs> but I don't, the more me I am, the more permission it gives my girls to be who they are and to other people. And so that is, is how I try to express that. And, and I, now I get a kick out of it. And it wasn't always that it used to be, I used to hold it in like a Jack in the box. And I would test the waters by putting a hand out and being like, does this person, do they like my quirky sense of humor? Is it too weird? Oh, they kind of like it. 
okay, well now you get two arms. Can you handle more? And so like testing the waters to see how people would respond. And now I'm good to just let it out. Like um, at the, at their soccer back when we were out, could go to the soccer field. Um, you know, and uh, one of the parents that was new to the team said, oh, hi, we're making conversation. How was your day? What'd you do today? And in my head, I'm like, I could say what I actually did today, or I could make something up because it was really weird. And what I had done earlier that day was interview someone in my bathtub with me, with water and bubbles. We were clothed. We were actually wearing fancy outfits and like a fancy hat. Um, and it was a tub talk instead of a TED talk, but that's what I did. And so I told them and the look on the face was priceless, but I'm like, this is me. And either you like it or you don't. And that's how you find your true peeps. Mm -hmm. And I've had similar experiences. Again, you know, I'm, I'm with you on the BU. And I, I love how that visual of like, I'm going to put my little arm out here and I'm going to just sort of test the waters. You know, I've spent so much of my life, I'm trying to fit in, you know, square peg, round hole, believing that there was something wrong with the square peg. And truly that is not the case. And, um, you know, letting myself out and being me wasn't necessarily well received by all the people. But of course, social convention is that you're supposed to be liked yeah. by everybody and your behaviors are supposed to be fall in line and be similar. So everybody can kind of, I think people think of women like squirrels. And here's my thing. A lot of people think squirrels are cute only because you see a thousand of them and they just all look the same. So you, there's a familiarity with the squirrel yet. The squirrels are dicks. Like, <laughs> you know, they're not necessarily nice animals no. when they're all feral and wild and stuff. I don't know about the pet ones, but that's a whole other thing. But I think it's that idea that there's this, if, as long as we all kind of look the same and act the same, then we will be loved and appreciated just because we sort of match this this vision of what someone has of us as a, as a squirrel. And in reality, I'm a fucking one-eyed purple people eater. I am not a squirrel. <laughs> and so you've never seen the likes of this before. You don't know what to make of it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, maybe you're like a one-eyed purple squirrel eater, not because <laughs> we're not the same, but we're kind of similar in that sense. And the minute you, we, you step into that and what I heard from what you'd said about you know, people either get it or they don't, but more importantly, the ones who appear to not get it, that has more to do with their, I'm still a squirrel. And there's a lot of fear there. There's a lot of layers of beliefs and systems that are on top of us. And although we're not responsible for those, we do need to see that we have permission to break through them. So you are the gift to all the women who are trying to be squirrels and giving them this opportunity to go, well, she's put together doing the things that I do, yet she's doing some, doing them in like this wild and amazing and fantastic way. And she seems really fucking happy about it. So interesting, you know, we're, they're going to view you through their eyes anyway, but there's that, there's that moment in my mind of hope where someone goes at some point, weeks, months, years down the road where they remember, there's this lady that did tub talks. 
she, she seemed like a wackadoodle at the time. And now I can see that it was all about her just being authentic and unique and fabulous. And so more, please more, we need, you need to go back to tub talks in some capacity. I don't know if you could zoom tub talks. I don't know if that would, but that needs to happen. Well, we should, we, we will do a tub talk when we are allowed. If you will. Oh, I will. I will. If you, if, and we could, or here, I don't, I don't know if I've ever, not a lot of people know this who haven't been here. The people who owned my home before um, remodeled the bathroom by taking the bedroom and opening Mm -hmm. it up and making a bathroom that's 18 by 17 feet it's oh. ridiculous and and it has two doors it's actually a hallway which adds to the whole mom doesn't get privacy to take a shit thing like um but the tub is enormous like oh like enormous and with and there's space at anyway so if you ever feel like taking a trip up north when time is I- right <laughs> We will make this happen. We could even fit the film crew in the bathroom, right? Brilliant. Yes. yes. <laughs> and <laughs> and no wonder we. Uh, I just I just love you, and I and I and I want to say kudos to you because you lead by example and inspire so many women too, right? When you're authentically you, I, I feel uh, that we we share that superpower, and I, and I feel and, and you may have even noticed or felt. Um, when, when you're in a group, people kind of like just this relaxed feeling of like, people feel like they can unbutton. I'm not going to unbutton. Like, I'm not going to rip the shirt off and be like that kind of there, but I can unbutton. Maybe mm-hmm. I can unbutton one more, right? Of, of, of leaning into the, the authenticity of things don't have to look a certain way. Absolutely. I do get that sense. And in, it's interesting in the before times of my life, when I didn't quite understand who I was or what I was meant to do, I would get those moments, be excited about them, but they would be like sand in my fingers. I couldn't capture them and I didn't know how they came about or what I could do to repeat them. And so that was really one of the drivers for me to be able to do what I do. Um, And something I wanted to highlight, because we do have some similarities in relation to being open and honest and, and super authentic about what we feel strongly about, um, about fun and excitement and, and just being yourself. I have noticed for me, as much as I put myself out, which I do, there's so much that still goes on, right? There's still that, I'm still a human. I'm still also a part of this system, a part of the cultures we live in, the patriarchy, all of those pieces. And so I don't feel it's a, it's the battle is as raging, but it, there's still an ongoing, the war's still going. And there's still moments where um, shit gets a little too real or things just feel big. And so I'm wondering if that happens to you. And if that does, how is it that you work through those moments um, where whether it's the saboteur or it's the just the craziness of life how do you work through that um and still feel like you Mm. wow you're like your questions are so amazing uh yeah 
those saboteurs, it, it, it's, it's frustrating the work, like you continue to do the work right on yourself um, and they don't go away. No, uh, they're, all, they're always going to be there. And I always use the analogy of the car. They're, they're always going to be in the car, but as long as you're not letting them drive, or if they do get behind the wheel, you need to put them in the passenger seat, the back seat, or even the trunk. Uh, so I still am, am doing the work of, uh, you know, I've done the positive intelligence uh, quiz that allows you to identify your top saboteur. We all have the judge, which is the one that shoulds all over you. You should do this. You should do that. You're not working hard enough, blah, blah, blah. We all have that. But then there's the top sa sa accomplice saboteur. Uh, and so knowing what those are, uh, I can hear, I can identify the voices uh, when they come up. So I'm like, okay, judge. Thanks for coming out today, but I got this. So it's important to, and there's other tools that I use, but starting with the awareness of that's not me. That's not me at my best self. That is the part of me that's doing its best to keep me safe. Uh, that doesn't want me to, you know, wants me to just not grow, like just stay safe and comfortable and just keep doing the same things over and over again. But that, that's not where the amazing growth is. So I do that and then I connect to my purpose. My purpose helps me take those steps forward. And like we talked about before of, okay, when it feels big, what is the, even if it's just one thing I do today that moves me towards my goal and my vision, what is that one small thing? That's brilliant. I always feel better when I know where I am. And what I mean by that is, you know, that knowledge, that awareness of being like, oh, I recognize that. I know what that is. And because it's kind of like a map, right? So if you know where you are, because you can see it on a map, that means you can also see where you're going. Mm -hmm. And that perhaps you've probably already taken this trip many, many, many times. And maybe you forget that where you are in this moment is not your forever, that you are on a path, that you are, you are, you are growing you just have to look down and take the steps, right? And like, there, okay, I'm on the map. I'm going to go from here to here. Okay, cool. Uh, and, and that's how I feel about that knowledge. And I have also done that quiz on your recommendation. It was very, very enlightening. And I was like, oh, this is such a powerful tool because it wasn't telling me stuff I didn't know, but it was putting mm -hmm. it in a way that I could go, okay, I could see that when it happens, I could then identify it and go, oh, that's this. And it helps to not externalize, but really sort of bring out front what it is that seems to be all inside my head or all me, because it's not all me, it's parts of me and it's parts that maybe need to be identified. And again, like you said, fucking throw them in the trunk. Um, so I love that you do that. And I, it, it was such a powerful tool. And now this visual of, yeah, I know where I am, which means I have the potential. I don't have to. I could stay here. That's on me. Mm -hmm. um, but I could, if I decided to, take a step and move forward. So, so thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, and let's face it, and be okay with a day where it doesn't happen, right? <laughs> like being, especially with this past year of of showing a bit of self compassion, but um, yeah, doing what you need to do and exploring and trying different tools that are going to help move you forward. But taking the, in, the initiative is, is important. Courtney, I fucking love you. Okay. So 
I, I need to know what's coming up in your world. I mean, I know there's, I know from this moment that we're recording, there's going to be, that's what she said, sessions. And I know from when we air it, there will still be more. Yes. So I know that there's that. So I will link to those for sure and make sure that people can connect and, and come and gather in community because it's fucking fantastic. Um, but what else is going on in your world? What are you working on now to support the women uh, in your community to live with fun and play front and center? Well, I have a Facebook group where I'm always uh, posting things that get people smiling and connecting and, and having fun. So whether there's challenges or just, you know, things to comment on and learn, because we can, we can learn from each other and it's so important. So I'm always working on, you know, workshops and different things that can help positively impact the lives of women. So whether we're coming together to do like, I've done fun camp sessions where it's just like that hour, right. To, to, yep. to just play and have fun just to put the heaviness down for an hour and then pick it back up if you want to, but just to be present and have some fun. Uh, there's, I have group coaching programs. So if people go to uh, the kick-ass ladies website, there's information on all the events and, and coaching programs and, and anything that you want. Um, it's, it's all there, but always thinking of ways, especially to continue to get people together online while we're, in this situation. Brilliant. And it's so, I, I feel like I say this a lot now more important than ever, um, that maintaining authentic connection, feeling like we can not, it's not an escape from our lives. It's an opportunity to tap into different parts of ourselves that we've been setting aside because of the constant go, 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 um, managing new information every minute of the day and, and feeling somewhat overwhelmed by that. So I'm super grateful for the communities and the gatherings that you're, you're creating. And the fun camp, the last one that I had attended was fantastic. It was exactly what I needed in that moment. And so I highly recommend that for sure. So I'll make sure that there's access to everything that you do so that people can tap into more fun in their lives. And, and, and just a little uh, extra shout out um, about where people can connect with you. So you have graciously agreed to join us at the next 100 Women on Fire event in October as one of our fabulous speakers. So oh, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, that may also be available uh, to connect and, and to tap into that. So, so Courtney, thank you. Thank you so much. You have shared so many pieces of wisdom and, and I feel enlightened and supported in this moment. Is there anything that you would like to share specifically with the listeners today? Yeah, of just the importance that uh, women tend to, uh, at least that I've, I, I've experienced and had conversations with, you know, sometimes we get caught up in taking care of everyone else um, and other things all coming before us. We are sometimes the last on our to-do list. Um, oh, I'll do that for myself if at the end of the day I have time and now that time is here and I am exhausted. Uh, and I think that play, there's research on play and fun. And it actually has such health benefits for our minds, our, our, our bodies, uh, emotionally, socially, and, and I could go on and on about play, but, but really, and that tends to just get 
it's for kids. Mm-hmm. Oh, play isn't something that's essential that we need. It comes last. So not only sometimes as women do we come last on our own to-do list, forget about play. That is not even on the list because, but it is, it is so important when we allow ourselves to be playful, to even dare I say, be a little silly and laugh and have fun with other people. The incredible ripple effect that it has is it will make you more productive. It will um, maybe unleash more creativity uh, and, and so many things. So I would so encourage people even to just get out a piece of paper, write yourself a, per, a permission slip to play and, and to take time for yourselves and, and do those things that fuel you because it, you are your most important investment. Invest in yourself. You are worth it. And so I, I really um, get excited when women choose themselves. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, my friend, for being here today and for your wise words. And everybody fucking have some fun because um, <laughs> this, is, this is the one life we have. And, and every minute of the day is yours to do with. So choose fun first. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. And we will see you very soon. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Join Dion again next week to learn more about what you can do to go from hot mess to awesomeness.